and welcome to Race the Bottom with me, your host, Joe Harmon. It's a new year, it's 2019. Uh, I signed off in July last year. But the new year brings a new format, new chance to, uh, to look at how to deliver the podcast in a, in a more accessible way for me, a more convenient way for me and perhaps more accessible for, uh, for you guys, the listener. So I'm going to look to do a monthly long podcast of about 20, 25 minutes and, uh, and weekly shorts, maybe one or two a week, um, to catch up and, and perhaps just deliver smaller sections on things that, uh, that upset, annoy, distress, confuse, baffle me uh, about the world of football. So I'll be recording it during my lunch break. I'm currently sat in my car overlooking a, a beautiful, beautiful part of Plymouth. If you're here, if you listen, it's raining. It's very nice. Um, so this weekend of football, it's the FA Cup in, uh, in England. Uh, marred heavily by Everton versus Millwall where again and to, to say it, it raises its ugly head um, it inclines people to believe that at some point it hasn't been raising its ugly head but racism is a real tangible thing that isn't subsiding it isn't getting smaller it's permeating through the game more it's being given platforms to exist and it's becoming more evident on a day-to-day basis. Millwall versus Everton resulted in Millwall winning. It's not, you know, it's a null and void point, I suppose. But certain things on social media were shared. Um, chants that really they exist. We know they exist. I thought it was perhaps something that, that we were moving away from. I did feel maybe one or two years ago we were, we were making some progress on the, the battle with racism. Call it, frame it in whatever terms you want, but getting racism out of football. Um, I don't think it's going that way at the moment, perhaps fueled by Brexit and fueled by um, proprietors and producers of, of, of hate and divisive language. It's given people the license to assume that this is okay. A disgraceful chance, chanted by not few, but many. This is something that we need to start to accept as football fans, that we like to say, oh, it's the few. Well, how many is a few? Because if you've got a 40,000 seat a stadium and you've got perhaps 30,000 home fans and 10% of them are chanting, or 1%, well, we're talking either 300 or we're talking 3,000. And that's, that's the number of people. That's enough. That's significant. We also got to experience fan violence with an Everton fan being, uh, from what I understand, slashed in the face after confrontations with Millwall fans prior or after the game. I can't remember. And perhaps a worrying thing of all, I don't know, uh, those of you who might use Twitter, um, I am a, a, a more of a Twitter user. I don't really use Facebook that much. But someone had shared a small snippet of an elderly lady who, who seemed to be with her grandson in the car, chanting the most, and I, I can't repeat it, but chanting the most hate-fueled, racist football chant with Millwall as its central tenant that I've heard, that I've heard, yeah, not in a long time, but that I've heard. For it to be coming out the mouths of, of perhaps someone who's definitely sub-10 years old, looks like six or seven, and, and an elderly lady who's probably past the 60, 65 mark is deeply worrying. It's deeply worrying that this is 
like I said, it's always been there, but for some reason, and hey-ho, you know, in the midst of Brexit, this is where I, I believe it's stemming from, that this is coming to the forefront. Now, how do, how do the FA, how do we combat it? Because there seems to be a bit of double standards with regards to how the FA will deal with racism within its own internal uh, cup events or, or league matches, and the expectation of uh, FIFA and UEFA the European and global governing bodies of the sport deal with it on their platforms. So uh, a few weeks ago, I believe it was just before Christmas, Koulibaly of uh, Napoli was subject to racist chants. I cannot remember the game in which it occurred in. And Koulibaly was sent off for mockingly applauding the referee who did nothing about it. Since then, I believe his... His ban has been upheld. UEFA have not stepped in appropriately. And, and we like to condemn. We like to, you know, there was a lot of criticism about the possibility of racism in Russia during the World Cup. Certain black footballers were choosing not to take the family over uh, for fear of racial abuse. And it's okay to maybe take measures and take preventative measures for fear of being subjected to racism. But it's happening in our country now and the amazing thing of social media is that it's being captured so those section of fans who were chanting i'd rather be a packy than a scouse to the everton fans those people need to be dealt with does the club need to be ejected from a competition does a club need to have an empty stadium these are the questions that the fa need to start bringing to the table or being confronted with because simply a fine or a, a word of warning, or a temporary ban. Are these enough? Are these sending the signals to the clubs and to the fans that this will not be tolerated in any way? I think if the FA introduced where, if fans within a club, within the 92 clubs within the English League, are found to be guilty of racism in any context, then measures should be in place to deal with that situation properly. And it needs to be a grander statement. I feel it needs to be a grander statement. I don't know what your thoughts are. Please let me know. It could be something that we can continue, but I can only see at the moment that what hasn't been present or prevalent in football for a while is now feeling like the norm. I feel like there's Rarely a week goes by where Sterling's maybe being mocked either by media or by Chelsea fans for being for being black, for being a person. We had that incident with, uh, I believe, Aubameyang, a Tottenham Arsenal. A Tottenham fan decided to throw a banana at Aubameyang. That horrendous trope that has existed and, you know, has been exacted out on black players since the early 80s throwing bananas at them. He seems to think that was, what, just an accident? What's happened to him? What's happened to the club? You know, what have Tottenham done? What has been done to Tottenham? What have the FA imposed on Tottenham? If this happens again, major or minor, you will be faced with. Where are those statements? Get back to me on that one. Second thing, and on a slightly lighter note. Lighter note in a way, but I find it quite bizarre. I'm a regular podcast listener of football of, of many kinds. Um, there is a favourite football podcast out there. Absolutely love it. Has an all-time favourite football presenter. However, they are sponsored by a betting company. And their advert, their advert seems to feature someone impersonating Robbie Savage commentating. 
So it's not Robbie Savage commentating. It's somebody who I think is pretending to be Robbie Savage or impersonate Robbie Savage. It's a vague advert regarding betting and making the game more interesting so you don't fall asleep. That seems to be the premise of the advert, voiced by a faux Robbie Savage. I find that very strange. Is it mocking? Why would you choose to kind of replicate an accent that's very, very specific, very distinguishable? I wonder why that is. Questions. This is my first Race to the Bottom short. I hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully I'll be doing another one again this week. I'll try not to use the word hope so much. Please email, please tweet, please share my small podcast with other people. Please give me feedback. I'd love it to have your, your, your reviews on iTunes. Drop me a tweet, either at Janola's Left Foot or at RTTB, which is Race to the Bottom Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>